Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. It is week number, I don't even know anymore. Oh, we never knew. Yeah. What episode is this? I think this is 69. Whoa. Is it really? I think so. Holy Jesus. Yeah. 69. Get your mind out of the gutter, gutter, Trev. No, no, it never (laughs) was. I, I can't believe that we're at episode 69 already. Wow. I guess so, huh? Yeah, this is 69. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. Totally cool. Well, there. this is your boy East Coast Trev and this is Steve. Ah, damn it. Not even Steve in, it's Steve. Just, Just Steve. Steve. Just Steve. Uh, like Lucky Steve, Miraculous Steve. I don't need a nickname. Uh, I've I'm had trying. plenty of call signs. All so- I need is Steve now. Southern Steve. <laughs> You can call me Sergeant, you can call me Clark, or you can call me Steve. Those are three things I understand. Um, Steve. (laughs) I'm going with Steve. Steve's the easiest. All right. We're with Steve then. What's up, Steve? Not much (laughs) since we spoke last. I know. (laughs) I know. I hear that, man. Everything's kind of winding down. It's kind of getting a little weird now. Especially for me. I, I got the phone call from Danny from Ducks on the Bay. And he was saying that he called me to see if I wanted to hunt in the morning. And he said, if you're not going to hunt tomorrow, then I'm going to go to work. Meaning I'm going to go to work, putting the boat away. Yeah. So that's a, that that's a sure sign right there that it's about done. Uh, when sea duck season comes to an end, you know that it's the end because that goes on the longest and it's always into the coldest months of the year. Yeah. So upsetting. I don't know, man. It's already flying by. And hell, we're already 10 days away from February. I know. Do you know what comes after February? I really don't care because January was enough of a trial run for me to say have the year back. This is very true. It's very <laughs> true. Shed season. Well, that that happens in February. And then you have March, which then goes... Then it goes to April, and April is the month, the magic month. Unless you're in Florida or Alabama. Because they start in March, right? Yeah. Because then it's turkey killing season. That's right. I'm ready for it. Y'all open what, early April? Uh, about mid-April. Oh. Usually. I haven't looked at the dates for this year, but I want to say it's around the 10th. Yeah, we're we come in the 28th of April this year till the 29th of May. Nice. Happy joy, joy. Fill your tags and be done in a week. I just know that it it gets tiring, so. (laughs) Hell, the way we went at it last year, yeah. (sighs) Wore our asses out. I know. I think Virginia's going to be a lot different this year. 
Oh, for sure. Definitely will be. I'm not honestly concerned. Me neither. It's, it's, fun. It it's definitely going to be a good time. But do you know what also happens in March? Fill me in. March, February, the end of February and early March is snow goose season. Yeah, that's right. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Y'all going to learn about that today. We're going to teach you a little something about that. Right. <laughs> I sure as hell hope so. That that's one waterfowling experience I have not done yet. I'll tell you. I mean, we'll obviously get into it, but when you have a couple hundred thousand birds spinning above you and you get in a crazy spin, it's one of the it's the craziest experience. Uh when they start to spin down and they're coming in and all you see is these white specks and then they turn into birds and you're looking up in the bluest sky ever, it's it's nuts. And then they're in your lap and then you just let them eat. It's, it's something else, but Hell we'll yeah. let the guests kind of get into that. But, um, not really much going on. Uh, I shed hunted today, put on like eight miles, found nothing. So, yeah, it, it's, it's still a little too early, especially for me here to really grind. I know of a couple locals have found a couple, but I just haven't seen the, the influx of bone to make me go, okay, now you get it. So I'm, I'm a little upset because I was in the middle of shed hunting and one of my cameras goes off in one of the areas I was gonna, I was on my way to actually. And there's a black lab running in front of my camera. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like you're kidding me right now. So then I left there and I was going to head to that spot where the, uh, where the black lab was and I stopped at gas station and my other camera goes off where I was going to be before that. And there's a German short hair running across my camera. And I'm like, you're kidding me. Right. Two in one day, never had dogs on camera, but now I have two on camera. Mm. And I don't, I mean, they could have been people just running their dogs. Right. But who knows? They, or they could have been fucking shed hunting dogs. Like, yep. It's just one of those things that drives me bonkers. Public land, man. What do you do? I know, but if they knew what kind of horns were in those areas, that's probably why they're in there. If that's what they're doing, they're probably in there every year. Never seen anybody on camera in there. And now, shed season, when it counts, there's somebody in there. And I, I know a lot of guys here that they could care less about hunting, but they'll go and spend two months straight every day pounding the ground looking for bones. Yeah, it's nuts. Hey, more power to them. It just sucks for us that guys that are kind of trying to research that deer and figure out where they are, you know. Oh, but, yeah. hey, two's his own, man. It's public land. I get in there. I'm probably that guy that's on your property doing the same exact thing, and you get upset <laughs> at me because yeah. I go to a lot of places this time of year where I don't hunt. And it's public land to try and learn new public land. So somebody sees me with my dog and they're probably like, what the hell? You got to yeah. be kidding me. So. It's the name of the game, though. Yeah. Who finds it first, gets it. That's it, bro. It is what it is. So speaking of something crazy, uh, Peter is at his 29th Fox. Yeah, dude. For the He's season. stacking them up. That wow. One, that one uh, he showed the other day, that white tip was, that's a good looking Fox. Dude. 
Wow. Congratulations to him. I mean, almost cracking 30 dogs. And he's, what, on his second or third season? Yeah, trapping? third season. So awesome. That's a that's a great, great run. Nothing, yeah. nothing better than that. So I'm we'll glad. see what happens and hoping, hopefully he keeps rolling. Yeah, absolutely. So um, is, is there something in my headphones? Yes, I believe that would be the news for your cruise rolling in. Oh, can you turn that up? Sure enough. Hey everyone, Mike here with some news for your cruise. Uh, so for this week, we're going to do a little Connecticut legislative update. So if you aren't from Connecticut, you might get something out of this, or you could take this time to find some news to send me. Uh, so for those of you that are sportsmen in Connecticut, uh, there have been several hunting and shooting uh, related bills that have been put forth already in the legislature this year. Uh, the first one being House Bill 5097, an act authorizing the use of blaze pink for hunting. Uh, this one's been brought up before. I actually provided um, testimony on it last year. I think it's a good bill. Uh, it would just add blaze pink to the already required blaze orange as another option. Uh, the next one is House Bill 5176, an act restricting the use of certain state lands during the hunting season and requiring the use of certain amounts of fluorescent orange clothing by persons on such state lands. Yes, that is a mouthful, and uh, the bill language isn't really any clearer. I've read it a few times, and I'm not quite sure uh, what it would amount to for changes to current practice. So if anyone can decipher it and let me know, uh, I'd be glad to discuss. The next one is House Bill 5443, which is an act authorizing hunting on private lands on Sundays. So currently, uh, for the last few years, we've been allowed to hunt deer on private lands uh, with bow, uh, but there's been no other hunting allowed on Sundays. So this would expand that ability. Uh, there was no restrictions listed in the bill. Uh, we'll see what comes out of the house, but it would be a great step forward to allow uh, hunting on Sundays on private lands. The next one is House Bill 5446, which is an act authorizing the use of single-shot handguns during the private land revolver deer hunting season. So this is another good one. Uh, currently, uh, the only handguns allowed for taking of deer during rifle season or during firearm season is with a revolver. So this um, doesn't allow firearms such as the Thompson Center Contender, uh, which has been used widely for deer hunting, but cannot be used in Connecticut because it is not a revolver. Uh, the next one is House Bill 5447, which is an act authorizing black bear hunting season in Northwest Connecticut. This has been attempted for a few years now. This one's specific to a certain part of the state, uh, and it is calling for a lottery system uh, for bear permits. So hopefully that one goes through as well. Uh, similarly, uh, Senate Bill 63 is being proposed, which is an act authorizing hunting of black bears just in Litchfield County. Um, there were no um, talk in there was no talk in that one of a lottery system, but it did put a limit on the harvest of no more than five percent of the state bear population uh, in that bill. So moving on, there's a couple of crossover bills uh, that are applicable to hunting and general firearms. 
Uh, the first being House Bill 5449, which is an act authorizing the carrying of handguns uh, by pistol permit holders while bow hunting for deer or turkey. Uh, for me, this is one of the most important bills I've seen this year, uh, simply because, you know, as bow hunters, we are not allowed to carry uh, any firearm while bow hunting. Uh, and for many of us that are dealing with heavy coyote populations, bobcat populations, and even the bear populations uh, here in Connecticut, it'd be great to be able to carry our handguns for personal protection. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. So the next one is House Bill 5450, which is an act concerning the purchase of long guns uh, and attendant ammunition and magazines by persons possessing a hunting license and valid state-issued photo ID. This is also another big one uh, based on some changes that were made a few years back in order for someone that does not have a pistol permit to be able to purchase long guns, ammunition, and magazines you would need to have a separate long gun certification and ammo certification, uh, which this would change that to allow you uh, with a valid hunting license and a valid state ID to purchase those for hunting purposes. Um, there are also a few just strictly firearms related bills that I won't touch on, uh, but reach out if you have any interest in info on those. Uh, and la uh, There's also... One more um, firearms-related one that I will touch on, which is uh, House Bill 5531, which is an act establishing a tax on ammunition. Uh, this has also been attempted in the past, and the bill this time reads that for uh, ammunition caliber of 22 or smaller, it would be two cents per round for the tax, and anything larger than a 22 would be five cents per round. Um, and lastly, there are three big bills uh, relating to possession of certain animals or animal parts. Uh, the first being House Bill 5029, which is an act prohibiting the sale, trade, or distribution of shark fins. Uh, it's another one that's been put forward before and hasn't moved out of committee. Next is Senate Bill 62, which is an act concerning the import and trade of the big six African species. Another one that has come up in recent years. Um, it's been attempted a few times and started out actually with felony charges. Um, later bills have reduced the penalties in hopes of passage. The big part of this bill is it also prohibits possession of the six species, which would affect anyone that is in current ownership of any of these six species uh, with legally taken animals. So that's a big one to keep an eye on. Um, and last, um, there is House Bill 5031, which is an act prohibiting the sale, trade, and distribution of new animal fur. So this one's kind of an end around um, to stop trapping and it would affect coyote hunters, it would affect any of the trappers in the state. Uh, you wouldn't be allowed to uh, trade or distribute or sell any of those furs uh, moving forward. So that's another one that's uh, garnering a lot of attention. So now I can't stress to any, you know, enough that anyone can submit written testimony on these bills and everyone has the ability to email their state rep and senator uh, and let them know your position on these bills and why. Uh, and I highly encourage everyone to do that and spread that knowledge. If you belong to hunting and fishing clubs or other organizations where people may not know 
about this process, um, get them involved and, and just flood these, these folks with, you know, our position on them. Uh, if you have any questions about how to do any of that or want to get involved with providing testimony, uh, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd be glad to help anyone. I've done it myself the last few years. So with that, um, if you want to reach out to me for news or any questions on these bills, uh, reach out to me on Facebook at Mike Salter or bearded underscore bowhunter21 on Instagram. And with that, enjoy the rest of your ride. Oh, thank you. That sounded great. I got to get tuned back in. All right. We there? Yeah. Yeah, we're on? here. Oh, okay. All right. Just we're making back. sure. Whew. Had me uh, mesmerized there. A lot of craziness going on in this world. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I'm going to refrain from that. Yep. Yeah, for everybody's just, sake, but just put a big beep through my thoughts. That's right. So, well, while we're on that kick, um, let's thank those that uh, that help us. <laughs> sure enough, man. Let's dive right in. Let's talk to the partners here, real quick. Um, Wicked and Twisted Bowstrings. Oh, I did it again. It's yep. wickedtwistedbowstrings.com. Get Jillified up at Wicked and Twisted. Get your custom bowstrings for all of your custom bowstring needs also out on the limb out on the limb mfg.com if you haven't gone and check him out make sure you do he has a little bit of everything for all you aerial hunters whether you're a regular hunter a filming hunter or a saddle hunter a little bit of everything over there wild edge inc the leader in mobile hunting wild edge inc.com they also have the new uh battlement and yep and the bur- berserker that's the one that got me there actually i got him i got him right on my table right there if you can see him nice badass um pretty badass pieces of equipment actually um broadside camo broadsidecamo.com they are the photorealism camouflage for you aerial hunters especially saddle hunters um there may or may not be some cool stuff coming down the line from him so keep your eyes out on that timber tumblers timber tumblers.com they are your custom tumblers. Um, you can get them in any shape, size, color, in any fashion that you could possibly think about um, with all of your logos. Nor'easter Game Calls, nor'eastergamecalls.com. They are your custom game call provider. Get them in close, Nor'easter Game Calls. So those are the people that we partner with and that we work with on the daily. Nice. Fucking sweet. Good fucking people. <laughs> I know it's kind of a lame. So I'll explain it just real quick. If you guys, oh, actually, before we go there, if you guys are on the YouTube side, man, hit the notification, hit the subscribe button for us, um, just so you can kind of pay attention to what's going on. We always have good stuff. We have something really cool coming out too. Um, our cooking with Seth, Captain Seth. So that'll be out soon. Um, and we also have um, behind the product. Uh, so we're working on another one of those. So those are only exclusively on our YouTube side. So make sure you subscribe and get the notifications over there. Um, also, if you're on the uh, podcast side, give us a five-star review. That helps us and our word get out there also. And uh, tell a friend. Tell a friend about the podcast. But um, so we actually recorded yesterday with uh with somebody which would be last week so we kind of got kind of a lame intro for you guys so we just kind of want to break right into 
the good old podcast. So Yeah, no need to bore them anymore. Let's just roll into it. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Here comes a shooter. Shooter. Big buck. Stack, stack, stack. back on the phone with ryan what's going on man not too much just got done cooking up some dinner oh nice can't beat it oh you shoot deer too oh yeah hell yeah who doesn't (laughs) liberals don't deer, then you're fucked up yeah karen's a bunch of karen's (laughs) (laughs) right why don't we turn this key man why don't you tell everybody who you are where you're from and what you do so my name's Ryan Muller. I, uh, I live in the Finger Lakes region in New York. I uh, guide duck, goose, snow goose, pheasant, um, a little bit of turkey. I stay busy from September all the way to April guiding. That's awesome. And what do you do in the off season? Off season, I work at a bar and grill, usually slinging drinks. Oh, nice. Just like doing that, huh? Good gig. <laughs> It's not a bad gig for the summertime. What do they get? A bunch of cute girls come up to the lakes or something? All sorts of fucking people, hooligans. <laughs> <laughs> there's two, there, there is uh, there's a lot of wineries in, in the Finger Lakes region, so um, people come from all over in the summer. Plus the lakes, so tons of drinking, lots of fun. But man, it's tough to travel with all the tourists around. They drive like assholes. I bet. I bet. Yep. It's the same thing as the coast. You guys get the same shit in the summer. Oh, it's oh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I try to stay out at sea so I don't have to deal with most of them. Because when you go to the local bar, right. everybody's a tourist. Yep. So what made but, you get into this, man? What? Where did you start? So uh, I started when I was probably around 13 or 14 with on Seneca Lake. Um, I was taught by a couple guys that I I still look up to today on, they taught me how to do everything, um, for, for ducks. And then it kind of just took off. I fell in love with it. He had a dog. So I fell in love with dogs and watching them work and retrieving the, in the frigid cold temperatures. It was fucking cool. So I really fell in love with it. Just duck hunted as much as I could. And then in college, I got an opportunity, someone, a guy had offered me a job as to come guide for him down in Pennsylvania. So I said, fuck, that sounds like a great opportunity. So I started doing it. And I, after working for him for a couple of years, I realized there was so much more room for growth because he just wasn't running the outfit the way he should. He was kind of a booking agent. And instead he was, he was just giving you clients but he didn't really care about what the experience was that the clients were getting so I started guiding for myself and I only have one other guy right now that really guides for me 
And that way I can control the experience and know that everybody's going home satisfied and having a good time. Because when people, the word spreads around fast, if you ain't doing it right. And I'll tell you right now, that business that I was guiding for back then, they're not doing nearly the business that they used to because they just, they lost everybody. Bad, bad reputation, giving people bad experiences. And that goes miles with that. Cause like everybody, especially now with social media and everyone able to talk to one another, you know, like they'd be like, Oh yeah, don't go with X, Y, and Z because you know, their blinds are in the same spot every single year or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yep. For sure. Those, those kind of uh, guide services, they, they set a spread and they let it sit for a week straight and they run clients through there every day and they don't shoot dick. And, uh, that's just wrong. They're just making money off of you instead of actually trying to improve the experience and put you on a fresh field every day. It's a big difference. And actually it, it shows because today it's uh what is today? The 19th or 20th? 19th. 19th. I already, I say I fully booked up for the entire spring snow goose season for my spread. So that, that goes to show, I mean, I have over 30 days booked. Um, and it's still two months out almost it's a month from PA, but about two months from, from New York snow goose hunting almost. Wow. That's incredible. So, yeah. That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. That's the first year I've ever been this booked on um, this far in advance, but I think it's because I take pride in snow goose hunting. I really care about how we do and success. Well, it sounds to me like you guys have uh, not only a good success rate, but like you said, the experience is a little bit above par. And me and Trev were talking about this a little bit before the show that, you know, when you talk to waterfowlers in general, you tend to get the, well, you know, strategies and I like this shells and these decoys and this spray. And uh, anyone who's waterfowl knows that 90% of the experience is sitting there bullshitting in between birds. Yeah, 100%. That I think that says a lot about what you guys have going on. Yeah, you even if even if it's a slow day cuz you have them, don't matter who you go with or where you hunt, you still have slow days. You we still have fun. We make it we make it fun. <laughs> one of the it reminds me one of the slow days this year down at the lake down a on a duck hunt. We had, it was blowing like 30 miles per hour and whoever was hunting a couple miles or a mile uh, south of me, their decoys were blown away. And it was so freaking rough and nasty out there that I wasn't going out with the boat to go get them. So instead we just shot them as they went by. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't going to get them neither then. We killed six birds that day, but we also killed three decoys. Nice. You were just getting them grounded. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, I mean that's 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 one of the reasons why I'm coming back up to hunt with you, man. Because we had so much fun the first two times. Right. You know, it's always an experience. I think one of the things that I learned too, which I kind of separates you from a lot of the other people that I've hunted with, is like so like you hunt with you in the morning, and then if it's kind of slow and we're staying in the field, then you leave. You have somebody else come, and then you go and scout for the next day. And that kind of shows a lot in your character also. Yeah. And um, actually, I mean, we've gotten to the point now where I actually have a hired person for scouting. So that way I don't have to leave the field at all. And uh, 
couple of my friends have even gotten their guides license. So if I do have to leave, they can just jump in, which is awesome. Oh, that's nice. wicked cool. Hell yeah. It's helped out a lot. That's for sure. Um, but the biggest thing with snow goose hunting is we have a really tight circle of guys. It's like four of us that make sure that we work together to really make sure that we are always on a fresh field. We all, we put every single one of us puts in the extra work and it's not just me. It has nothing to do with me really. It's all, it's all my team that make it happen for sure. That's awesome. So you made a whole entire team to do all this with you. Yeah, you have to, you would not be able to do it by yourself. That's for sure. No, absolutely not. So, no, so snow goose hunting is crazy. I mean, we're we're leaving at three a.m. every day, and we're getting home at seven. So, I mean, that's and that's if we're we're getting home at seven. If we're not pulling a spread late at night, I mean, that's like if we're just coming home straight after scouting. So, if we're pulling a spread, you got to figure it's it, that's at least an hour because you know somewhere between five hundred and fifteen hundred decoys. It just depends. That's crazy. That's a long day. It's like turkey season. Yep. <laughs> Except for you don't have to lug thousands of decoys around. This is very true. This true story. True. true story. <laughs> so, but, when, ooh, go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. No. So when you're scouting, man, like what do you, you're you're trying to find where the roost is, or and then where they're going to the feed, or you already know where the so, roost is, and then of a given. Um. Sometimes we you, they, you find different roosts that. And like, for example, in Pennsylvania, uh, different years, the, the roosts do change because it all depends on how, how far into the thaw it is when the snows are moving through. If uh, there's open water in certain areas, you'll get snows that on a colder year, you wouldn't get any. So, but that's good because when you find those pockets of birds in these areas where there's not a lot of maybe pressure on them or areas where they aren't always at, you can get on birds that aren't getting hunted by anybody else to, you know, not to, you can't say anybody else. There's always people after them, but you get on pockets of birds that are seeing less pressure and that's how you really get, get into them good too. Do they have a lot of ditch jumpers down there but in Pennsylvania too? Pennsylvania is just as bad as New York. Um, maybe worse. <laughs> it's hard to say, really? but you know, I, I don't, I don't care about it, about jump shooting anymore. If anybody wants to do it, have at it. I just will say like, I hope you're eating all those geese you kill. That's for sure. So why don't you explain kind of what the difference is between the two? So basically snows aren't that tough to kill. If you want to just sneak up on them and like through a ditch or crawl up through a cornfield or whatever and shoot them that way. But there's nothing like having a thousand come down trying to land in your decoys. It you just can't beat it. Sitting under a snow goose t- tornado is like, it's a it's a it's a rush like no other because there's just thousands of them coming in. They're barking. It's like so loud that you can feel the base of all the their barks right in your chest. I mean, it's unreal. And then when you jump up to shoot and you you literally don't even know where to aim because pretty much the sky's black with birds it's it's phenomenal you just i mean if you get if you get them to do it right you can shoot over 20 to 30 easily in a good volley some people have done it i mean they've shot more i have at times <laughs> it's but I we had imagine it. yeah we hunted sunday and our best volley was 13 which isn't terrible but that's a pretty good rain out it's fun to watch when that happens i 
I don't know. I, I could... I couldn't get into the whole jump shooting thing. I just don't, I don't understand it. I just don't get uh, it. It's really not hard. It's more, it's like you go through stages in your life of hunting where there's like points where you want to just kill, kill, kill. And then there's points where you want to trophy hunt. Well, snow goose hunting is kind of like trophy hunting because we go out there and do all the work for those couple of really good days where it's just all comes together. And it's, there's nothing like it where you shoot 50 to a hundred in a day. I mean, yeah, you have, slower days which are still fun but when you have those big days it just it pays off so what's the difference of like your guys' snow goose compared to like the snow goose down in like arkansas or whatever so we have the graders um we do get some lessers mixed in uh the graders are a little bit smarter but i can't say for sure because i've gone to arkansas and i've had some tough hunts down there uh i think two years ago or or the uh, midwest had a really really bad juvie hatch so we were hunting down there and it felt no different than hunting new york now last year new york the atlantic flyway we had an awesome juvie hatch so the snow goose hunting was like incredible every day we went out we were banging 15 plus because they were just doing it they were so many juvies in the flock that they would they were coming in so i'm hoping Hoping with last year's juvies, plus if we had a decent hatch this year, which I saw a fair amount of juvies on Sunday, that it'll be a, another lights out year. So what kind of conditions are you looking for when, you know, to have like a, you know, like you want it warm or you want a good it hunt? Yeah. I'll I say. You, Trev, I got you. Sorry. I can't talk. <laughs> wind. Wind. Wind is what does it. But like I'm wind. saying like hot, like cold or hot Doesn't or. Matter wind okay yep you don't want it too warm because the birds might blow through your your area like your staging area where you're hunting you want it to stay right above freezing during the day and get below freezing at night and hopefully they'll stay you know as long as possible so it warms up too much once it's hitting 50s and 60s consistently they're bailing so so you're getting them on the return we're we're get we have them right now on the on the fall migration okay. um and we're gonna get them back on the spring they 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 haven't gone all the way to their winning grounds yet yes there is a lot of birds in maryland delaware and pennsylvania but we still have a decent amount up here um not as more than what we would normally overwinter we always overwinter a couple thousand but right now I, we have probably i don't know fifty thousand still wow. and uh which isn't a lot over the course of you know snow geese a million is is a lot so and there's there's about a million in our flyway if you go out to the midwest central and mississippi there's probably 15 million wow that's crazy yeah that's nuts but there is other factors too besides just wind um sun is a good one and so which is crazy most people would think complete opposite but the uv gets right for their i think it's the uvs they can for whatever reason we finish birds 15 20 yards closer on sunny days but if it's blowing really high winds and sun that's the best if it's blowing really high winds and snowing that's also really good um snow can be kind of tough because you're hunting white birds and white white snow obviously so it's for them to see the decoys it can be tough but so is it more of a visual thing than it is a sound thing well sound is important too we run uh e-callers um which are that's that's kind of that might be one of my my best 
tips and tricks is having a good e-collar. I'm not going to say what exactly I do with my e-collar, but I do something <laughs> Smart different. Smart man. <laughs> I do something different than ever than anyone else. I can I can assure you that. And uh, I think it does play a role in the success having good quality sound. You on can top always of the just visuals. put them on a bunch of white dogs and have them running around through there for motion yep. on top of I'll it. Say, I'll say I'm pretty sure <laughs> my collar is is different than when we first hunted together, Trev. I'm pretty sure I've upgraded. Really? <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. <laughs> if I remember right, we used to we were running off an iPod and a in a in a car yep. battery and an amp. Yep. Back in the day. Yep. So you've definitely upgraded from then, huh? definitely upgraded so you're running two different spreads though right so you're running a sock spread and uh, a full body spread yep so the full body spread um i run i we hunt it till 11 or 12 every day and then we Mm -hmm. pick it up and then we scout for the next day the sock spread we hunt all day and that's kind of a semi-permanent spread we uh, move that one around every like two days usually Um, sometimes we move it every day. It really just depends on, you know, what our options are. If we've got a feed, an extra feed, you bet your ass we're moving it, but, and that's an all day hunt. What, what is the, what is like the pluses and minuses to having a full body spread? Socks, socks don't look too great when there's light winds or no winds, but the full bodies on light winds can still, you can still decoy birds pretty good because they they look real still they have they have that full body you know snow geese will still be flying really high but when you do get them to come down they still finish instead of flaring out before they get too close to shoot so then you just add motion inside the full bodies yeah i run clones and rotaries and you name it i've got it i just don't certain days certain weather i run different different uh motion decoys it really just depends like it can be too windy for rotaries on certain days or you know not windy enough for flappers so you gotta you gotta use rotaries um rotaries are they're a good they're a good tool to have i will say when you're hunting over them you're usually sky busting but you can get them you can get the birds to come look at you all day long (laughs) (laughs) they'll come look but they uh they get kind of wary when they get in close. They're like that fucking spinning thing in the middle of the field. Don't look quite right. <laughs> but so I got to ask, man, what's some of the craziest things that has happened to you when, when, when guiding? When guiding? Yeah. Um. Man, I don't running out of shells. That's really? probably one of the. Yes, we had a shoot two years ago, where there was I want to say eight or nine of us. And everybody completely ran out of shells. We had people running shells to us from Bass Pro because we <laughs> we killed 170 birds was our total at the end of the day. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. That's not what I was expecting. I was yeah. expecting like somebody shot the blind or they oh, did okay. something Swing crazy. and a miss. Swing and a miss. I've had, I've had a guy shoot the uh, shoot a, a decoy right in front of his blind. What? Oh, we he just got, came up and thought it was an actual goose, and no, we we had uh, we had just volleyed or something. I remember it got back in their blind because there was more geese coming, and I think he was 
he went to grab his gun or something because that next flock was get was starting to set up, and he his gun discharged while he was still in the layout, and I was like, holy shit! Wow. And then he the decoy right in front of him, but even closer. This wasn't guiding, but this was a, another story that's similar to that. A friend of mine in college actually was wearing steel toe boat boots and he shot the tip of his fucking boot off but it did it just missed the steel toe part he shot the rubber brim uh, around the boot oh. yep and this kid is this kid is a experienced hunter it just goes to show like you can make mistakes you don't matter who you are he's a he's actually a guide now and so and he's a he's a reputable guide at that he's wow. a guide that says pay attention don't do what i did exactly he's lucky he's not missing any feet or toes but there's i do know a kid that is missing a toe because he was hunting uh snows and whites laying in the field they should they volleyed and he put his gun down and whatever reason when he went to pull it back up he discharged the gun shot his big toe right almost clean off they had, it's resurrected they put it back together but it ain't fucking normal Jeez! wow yeah and the thing that sucks about that is that got a farm shut down which is actually a really good one. Oh, because the farmer found out about it yeah the farmer found out it well he the dc came the kid lost his hunting license for a year liability and all of that crap yeah yeah i know you know i think there's a couple people that can still maybe hunt that farm but it's it's locked up to outsiders they don't let anybody else hunt it anymore sucks that's crazy other than that craziest shit i had a guy come out and scream at me one time on a on a um on a snow goose hunt because we had we had had permission for the farm the guy had leased the farm for canada's but not for snow geese and uh he came out bitching at us and just like listen the landowner owns it he said we can hunt it for snow geese and then he he started throwing a fit saying that i had to pay him all this money and stuff I ended up just giving him money and leasing it for the rest of the season. And he was, he thought he was going to take advantage of me. And only, I was only going to hunt that field for like, you know, a couple days. Well, I ended up being <laughs> bird stayed around for like three weeks and we ended up getting like three or four more shoots out of it. And he was, fu- his, I burnt that guy's bridges so bad. He was fucking pissed. <laughs> oh, and the farmer got mad at him. Well, the farmer didn't get mad at him. He was mad. He thought that we were allowed to still hunt the farm. He thought he was going to get us kicked off. And we I ended up paying the farmer like, you know, four or $800 to keep the farm for a couple of weeks. And because uh, he didn't lease it for snows, he only leased it for Canada's. And he got met, he started a whole bunch of shit and brought the farmer in. It was not a good situation. But the guy, needless to say, the guy was a big asshole for no reason about it. That happens a lot, I bet. Yeah, it happens frequently. Uh, people get people go crazy over snow geese for whatever reason. The white bird just makes people act different. <laughs> and they get to shoot them every single year. It's not like they come from all over, to, you know, like guys that yeah. are leasing it and stuff. Yeah, like they didn't even snow goose hunt. That's the thing. They actually, they used to, they gave it up because of how hard it was. They saw how much success we were having got pissed so they they started hunting it again and i dude i don't think they've even killed uh more than 10 or 20 birds total in a day (laughs) that spot so it's it's not about the thing is they don't understand it's not about uh 
having a, that spot. It's about hunting the birds when they get in there. They leave their shit set up there every day, so the birds fly over it every fucking day. They're, they know not to go in there. They've seen it. They've seen the game. So then when I was hunting it, I would only hunt it when the birds got back in it. You oh, know? so you would scout, see them in there, and then... Then we'd go hunt it, and then we'd shoot the shit out of them. They just they set up in the same field every day, expecting to have shoots like what we were having. But the birds never get in their field and get comfortable, so they just they don't pull it off. Yeah, I let, a lot of... Oh, go ahead. You gotta let the birds, you know, get comfortable if possible. It sucks because it's tough with all the jumping that happens. But when you do get on one of those farms where they're in there comfortable, you can tell they they're coming to that field locked go because they want to be there oh yeah it's, it's the x no, at that point no different than hunting canada's at that point you got a three or four day feed there yeah they, i mean you're not going to decoy every flock like canada's but they're all going to come to that field cups whether you finish them or not is just depending on the snow goose right that's <laughs> great <sighs> we get people like that all the time up here they do the same exact thing but they leave their can they like they'll have they'll have um pit blinds and they'll, they'll literally leave their decoys out all season long. Why, crazy. I don't know. Stupid. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Just you think that, you know, the Canada's see that shit. They get educated quick. Even having smaller flocks come in and shooting at them and missing them. You're educating those birds to that stuff. Right. What, I, what the snows will do is they'll start flying a lot farther to feed because they get – they realize if they land within 10 miles of the roost, they're going to get shot by somebody on the ground, you know, somebody ditch crawling them. So they start flying farther and farther to feed. Is that what ends up happening? Like if they find a feed, then the, the ditch jumpers will go out and they'll shoot them up and then it'll just keep pushing them away. Yeah. Yep. And uh, sometimes they'll, the snows, if they, if there's enough corn in that field, the snows will keep coming back. But uh, if, it, if, they if they find a, a far food source they'll go 20 30 miles and they'll do that twice a day oh they, they go back during the the middle of the day they do a morning and evening feed usually it just depends on weather if it's like raining all day they'll feed once and it'll be all day long if it's sunny they'll be back on water for sure even even if it's cloudy they go back to water a lot of times snows are snows are a lot different than canada's like Canada's when it's really cold, you know, the they won't fly um till right at sunset or late in the afternoon, where snows are almost always gonna fly good in the morning. They almost always do. No matter what the condition. no matter what, they almost always fly. Yeah, they might hold off an hour or two longer, but they still will fly in the morning. Hmm. That's crazy. Now can They're you shoot them on the water? Can you hunt them on water too? You can. Um, not really in the area where I'm doing a lot of the hunting because they're roosting on big lakes where they're, you know, three miles wide and 30 miles long. They're roosting out in the middle of those lakes. And you wouldn't, I don't think you would be able to even compete with, there's always a big raft out there. It looks like an iceberg of the snows. Always is still birds on the lake. So you wouldn't even be able to compete because as soon as they fly back to the lake, they're going to see that that big raft in the middle and go right to it. But if you had them on a pond, you could do that. Now, there's 
there's quite a few outfitters in Maryland that actually do pond shoots where they get them loafing on ponds. They'll, they'll roost out in the ocean. They'll feed, they'll come into the, they'll come into the bay, like Chesapeake Bay. They'll come out onto the cornfields. There'll be ponds there. So they'll just loaf there and then fly back out for the evening. So these outfitters will have some of these ponds locked up where they'll get 15 to 20,000 of them using it as a day loaf. They'll just, they'll put two or three decoys out, let the whole flock land and then shoot them. It's basically jump shooting. It's not, it's, it's not really decoying, but they, I will say they, I mean, they kill a fuck ton, like two or 300 in a rip sometimes, Jeez. but They're it's chasing not cripples for hours after that. Yeah. I'm not, it's not really, it's not really sportsmanlike, but it's what it's fucking legal. So whatever. And, and I mean, you're doing it as a, you know, conservation season anyways, cause there's no limits, yeah. no plugs, but stuff like that. So that's the thing. Uh, freaking the Atlantic flyway doesn't really need a, a conservation season. There isn't really, we're not like super overpopulated like the Midwest. Yeah. We have a lot and plenty to kill. Like it's, we do need to kill a good amount of them, but it's not like we need to kill all of them. Mm-hmm. We don't need to kill freaking 300 to 500 a day. Every group that would be absurd. We would be out. We would have our season shut down just like Canada geese. Right. So you kind of want to leave them alone a little bit. Yeah, well, you, you can kill them consistently, but if everybody was out jumping ponds like that, we would be hurting in no time. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> Speaking of ponds, man, how was the duck season this year? Duck season was uh, decent. I well, I only hunted uh, twice in the early the early split because I don't really guide duck hunts in the early split. It's pretty tough duck hunting in my my region. I go up to the refuge and hunt, and uh, that was good. I got my limit both times. But uh, late season is what I specialize in when the when the birds start coming to the big open water in the Finger Lakes. And uh, wasn't a great diver season, but, man, it was a hell of a mallard season. It sucks we could only kill two now because of the lower limits. But a good – good year for field mallards and a good year for mallards down on the lake you just had the you had to time it right because when the mallards were on the lake the fields were dry and when the mallards were hitting fields the lake was dry so you had to hit the switch just on you know you had to know what days to be down in what place why was the diver season so dead we just didn't get them i mean we have we had always some redheads here but they you know, they just sit out in the middle, it seems, and maybe they they feed at night. I don't know. But we're not hitting the peak numbers that we were getting four or five years ago during duck season. They also shortened our duck season um, by like two weeks. So uh, we're not – that was kind of like our peak time for divers when everything was getting really cold in the dead of winter. And they the bluebills haven't been coming around either? So bluebills – are mixed in with our redheads, but we uh, actually seems like around me, we, we get more redheads than bluebills. Hmm. Cause I know but, that they, they went down on down here. They went down on the uh, limit on bluebills. Yeah. Bluebills went was one and then one. two for this, for the, like the last 20 days or something. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter. I didn't even see any bluebills over by me this year because this, they cut our season so short. That's crazy. Yeah, there. It's gonna change. I'm sure it'll go back to a January season where we actually have divers around again. Mm-hmm. But it might be a couple of years. 
out here in the in New York. It's like a five year plan they're doing right now is what I from what I'm told. Hmm. And next year they're actually reducing the mallard limit again to one. I heard. Ugh. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy because there's there's I know I'm not seeing as many mallards as I did, but the Canada geese things seems a little bit absurd because I am seeing tons of Canada still. Oh yeah. Us too. Same thing. Tons of Canada's and they're going down the one next year. Canada's is going the one for sure. I, I believe what I've heard. Jeez. And, then, and they're, I think they're keeping the 30 day season, but um, yeah, I don't know for sure about the mallards. That's, that's just some speculation I've heard. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if it gets reduced, it's going to, it's going to suck, but I'm going to still be snow goose on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why i took up sea duck hunting they reduced us to two mallards and then we just got a survey and they're talking about going to one mallard with a normal season or shortening shortening it to have us with two but a shorter season yeah see that's the same thing i heard yep it's like how do you I, it's just crazy to me that's and but then they started doing the same thing with sea ducks now they're talking that you can't they're going down to two per species instead of four per species so you can only have two of you know like two eiders two scoters um or two old squaw yeah you can't have more than that like jesus you know they're probably doing it for the good of the species because it wouldn't surprise me if hunting pressure has picked up enough to actually be putting a little bit of a damper on the populations Mm -hmm. but what's going to happen is the 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 hunting uh will trend for less hunters again less waterfowl and it'll get good again and then next thing you know it'll trend for more hunters and then they'll reduce the limits it'll it'll just it's a cycle they had canada shut down in the 90s for five years or 10 years well, Maryland shut down for Canada's right, Steve, down by you for no. They they have there's some that are shut down some regions during the mi- one during the something. migratory. There are a couple areas that they shut it down, but for the most part in Maryland, at least the spots that we would go up are still one, which yeah. is still not even worth the time and effort when you can just drop down to Virginia and get a couple and then catch the nice season in between you know before and after get the residents and get five so it's almost not even worth it right now in maryland yeah especially for the prices of the leases down there oh that's no lie yeah there people are looking for you know five thousand dollars for a pit lease to shoot one bird it's like crazy yeah yeah yeah. there's quite a few people in uh, maryland that are just this year not even interested so where we were supposed to go Sitka hunting, Trev, they didn't even goose hunt at all this year. They limited their duck hunts and cut out all their geese. Ain't yeah. worth it. No. Yeah, it's it's not worth even even for two, man. It's tough to put out all the decoys, especially late season. I mean, you bring 10, 12 dozen decoys, and you're spending an hour to set everything up to shoot two. You're done in the volley. You know, yeah. it's like by 8 o'clock, it's like, well, let's pack up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's no real fun in that. Nope. That's our late season. Well, our Massachusetts late season goes to five. And for some reason, we can't seem to kill birds. I don't know why, but. Yep. I'll still be doing it, but I probably won't be getting any clients for uh, 
for goose hunting for Canada goose hunting other than September maybe and that might even change who knows well you do good in the early season normally yeah I do good in the early season but uh, I really don't guide too many Canada goose hunts I don't even push them because when you can when it was three it was different okay I would get quite a few people that would still come out for it then once it dropped to two I didn't push them at all I'd only take out the parties that really seeked me out to want to do Canada goose hunting and then like this year I only Canada goose hunted, I think, uh, with client, one group of clients during regular season, everything else. I just, we just did ducks. Wow. So your bread and butter is more or less snow goose. Oh yeah. Snow goose is, is my forte for sure. That's nuts. You guys, so, so why don't you tell us some stories about snow goose hunting? Uh, Arkansas. Yeah. How's that? That's unreal there. I mean, you, it's crazy. You'll you'll find feeds that are hundred thousand birds at least. Hundred thousand. Imagine oh, that. That's a couple. You see the roost lift off the first waves. It's crazy. And when you get two or three roosts coming all at the same time, it's the fucking best thing in the world. Because what the one of the keys for killing snows is when they get roosts coming. You got different roosts coming at the same time, and then they start crisscrossing the birds do then they all get confused and then just they all start spinning and they all come down in that that big tornado oh what's the most that you've killed in arkansas uh the most i've killed in arkansas is 103 we we killed 103 and 104 back-to-back days which is not that's not a lot but that was that was just me going down to arkansas and doing it on my own with no outfitter Right, you brought your own rig and everything, right? And just did it like yeah. kind of like a do-it-yourself kind of hunt. Right, exactly. But there's uh there's some outfits that they'll kill, they'll put up multiple 300 plus bird days in a, mm. in a spring. So what was it like 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 with you going down there do it yourself? Um it's not bad. It can be tough getting on property obviously, but if you're just goose hunting they were it was easier to get permission because if you're duck hunting and everybody in arkansas duck hunts oh yeah right that's goose like, yep goose hunting's a little different they're uh they're lot they're more apt to give you permission especially for snows because they're so fucking overpopulated well the farmers don't they hate them yeah they hate them i mean that then arkansas there's no limit no license and no plugs you know license even- no license. <laughs> don't even need a duck stamp. And uh, I mean, I saw people doing crazy shit out there. It's kind of like no rules out there either, because you're you're in the middle of bumfuck. I mean, I saw people put doing drives basically with ATVs and shooting them and shit. It was crazy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, yeah. Arkansas, man. I don't put it past them. The one thing about Arkansas though is every ditch is full of trash. I wish they would clean up their trash. They what? just. It throws their trash in the dish out there. Oh, yeah. No, it's Arkansas has its uh, what's the word I'm looking for? People perceive it a certain way for a reason. It, it yeah. really is that way. It meets its stereotype. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. But the duck hunting and goose hunting is second to none. If you were to hit arkansas in a year when it actually got really cold like it used to and you were in down there for the wintering 
duck hunting when every bird is there in the in the central and mississippi flyways like it's crazy i've seen it when it's really cold down there and it's just and the skies are freaking crazy with birds i mean more more waterfall than i've ever seen in my life for sure is in arkansas because it's like everything that overwinters there but um but uh i also have snow goose hunted in uh south dakota and north dakota those are both a lot of fun as well um out there though you're instead of hunting the peak numbers like you are in arkansas you're you're trying to target the the juvies at the tail end so you'll get these of of snows five thousand to ten thousand and they'll be roosting on a pothole out there and the the population will be like 70 percent or more juveniles and rosses so when you set up on a on a roost that's holding all those juveniles when they come out to to feed it's like canada hunting they come out in small flocks and they just do it i mean they cup right up come right in they don't act wary at all and you I think one of my better shoots, we had three guns of just three of us in a morning and we shot 50 me, my girlfriend and the kid we were hunting with out there. And that, that was like five or six years ago. It was awesome. That's nuts. But so what time of the year are you doing that in the Dakotas? That, that was April in the Dakotas. By then everything's frozen. No, (laughs) in the Dakotas. Yeah, I mean, that's when stuff is really just starting to thaw back out. And you can actually continue to kill juvies in, of snow geese in South Dakota and North Dakota until May. Wow. They, and they cream them. The long, the, if, you find, the, if you find pockets of birds really late into the season, you trust me, you got to put on the miles to find these groups of snows because there's only a few of them hanging here and there. But when you do find them, it pays off. It pays off big wow. time. So have you traveled all over just killing waterfowl? Mostly snow geese. They're really my favorite. I mean, I've, I, I think I've hunted seven different states for snows. Nice. That's awesome. And you, t- you were talking about how the white, the white bird makes everyone go crazy. I think it makes you go crazy. Oh, it does for sure. <laughs> they, their bark resonates in my head constantly. Oh, that's nuts. <laughs> I can't wait for you to come back come back out so we can have some fun oh i'm so pumped last time i was there we shot the lusaic one. Oh yeah that yes we did i still have it I, I fucking need to get the thing mounted you didn't get it mounted yet no i have it right it's been like four years yeah, it's been three. <laughs> that's funny as hell listen i'm now, broke oh well yeah you're a guide bro i get it yeah. i live that life i know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So now you're not only into the waterfowl, but you have dogs too. Yep. I Are you uh, still breeding and stuff? Dogs. Yeah, I actually, I had a litter a year ago and I kept one. I've got um, him that's for sale. He's, I'm selling him as a started dog. Uh, he's, if anyone's interested, he's, he's $4,500. He's already trained to do ducks, geese, pheasants. Um, he's force fetched. He's gorgeous fox red male gorgeous i mean as perfect as you can ask for but he's young he's only uh he's only a year and maybe two months old three months old so he still has a lot of a uh, lot of learning to, to do um i'm gonna spend a lot of time with him this spring snow goose hunting to get him 
you know, really finished off, but he man means really well in the blind. He doesn't whine. He doesn't scare. He doesn't like break out and spook birds or nothing. He's he manners in the blind really well. That's awesome. And you like the reds, huh? I like the reds. I also have a black. Um, I'll, uh, you'll get to hunt with him. He's a freaking beast. He's about a 60, he's yeah, 60 pounds male, but the fucking dog, he's got one track mind. It's get the bird and get back in the blind. He won't even, he won't, he, he'll run past me with the bird to go drop it in the blind and then run back out. He doesn't care about anything other than getting the bird back in the blind and going back for that next bird. That's I can, I can be like 500 yards away trying to get a cripple with him he'll get it and then he'll just run back to the blind with it he'll say fuck you (laughs) he he wants to go back and hunt you know what i mean his goal is to get back in that blind so he can be there for the next retrieve he does not want to miss any hunting when i walk away to go to the truck and plug my phone in or whatever he will walk away for the first 50 yards when he realizes i'm leaving the decoys he runs right back to the blind and gets in That's, That's so badass. <laughs> oh yeah, it's good. And then I had That's crazy. I had a, a fox red female when you hunted with me, Jade. Yep. I think Yeah, I remember. She was phenomenal. I lost her due to she got hit by a car at the age of 4. Oh. She was the best dog I ever had. Want to talk about a crazy story here. That dog knew how to retrieve decoys. So when decoys were drifting away like on the lake when it was rough, I could send her out and she would get them but she never would retrieve a decoy unless we didn't shoot. So she knew every time we shot, it was a bird. She would never get a decoy unless I sent her specifically for a decoy. That's awesome. Dude, you're telling me it was the best, the best thing I've ever had in my life and I lost it. It sucks. Oh, sorry to hear that, man. That was a great dog. Yes, she was. I got a ton of pictures of her too. I think on my hard drive. From when we hunted together. I'm sure. Oh, I bet. If you have them, send them my way. Yeah. I will, too. I'll have to dig through them. I'll bring them up for you. But uh, I have her sister, who's an excellent dog, Acuta. She's my bitch that I use for breeding right now. And she's she's a phenomenal pheasant dog. She does a – she slightly points, but mostly flushes. And – uh but she works slow and close, so she always puts the bird up right, right in front of you, and she doesn't miss them. And then X, he's a little faster on on pheasants. He he's tough to keep up with. She he's not quite as as good as Acuta. The only problem with Acuta is she whines in the blind. But I fixed that with a bark limiter. So oh, that will stop him from doing control. it. Yeah, I figured that out, but. The, the one thing that it, you have to do if you're on the, like when I was doing water retrieves, she whines when she's swimming with the bird back mm-hmm. and it would zap her. So every time she goes out and retrieve in the water, I have to turn it off. But man, she doesn't make a peep in the blind anymore. And she, she's one of them dogs, like a lot of dogs have to see, they got to have their head looking out the blind or whatever at all times. Yep. She's one of them dogs that goes, sits in the blind and doesn't have to see at all. She does. She doesn't want to see until you shoot. She does like she'll never bust on a on birds ever. Which is that's awesome. one of like the most nerve wracking things too, especially with ha- I bet with having clients and stuff is a, a dog that busts. Yeah, and I 
I can't say my dogs are perfect to the point where they de- they don't screw up like that because it happens. It all it don't matter how good your dog is, you still have that shit happen. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, luckily, the guys that hunt with me are all they're all good at working my dogs with me. So when I'm busy, like working birds or something with the call, they're watching the dog to make sure everything's all good or they help hold them. But nothing wrong with that, man. Well, dude, I got a question for you that we ask everybody, and that is, what drives you outdoors? What drives me outdoors? Yeah. In all reality, it's it's kind of like meditation. Um, for me, I just being out there in, in the outdoors and just watching the sunrise or sitting in a deer stand or sitting in a duck blind drinking coffee, it doesn't matter setting coyote traps or anything it's it doesn't matter it's all meditation to me i've completely i like separate myself from the real world when i'm on a hunt or when i'm on i'm fishing i forget about it i'm like out of reality basically oh yeah yeah equilibrium right man I i don't know one thing is i keep picturing in my head so i i've never hunted snows and I keep hearing about the tornado and I just keep thinking of that image that looks like a pinwheel that just kind of oh, hypnotizes yeah. you. That that's what yeah. I see in my head. And if are you are you gonna be out for the uh, March hunt? I don't hunt? know yet. That's still okay. pending. Yep. If you come out for the March hunt, you'll get a show. <laughs> well it may just be with a camera, but it still may happen. Yep. <laughs> That's okay. It doesn't hurt to, to ha- like, even if you ha- just have a camera, you'll still have a, a fucking hell of a time. Just, just to experience that dude is one, one of, one of a kind. There's nothing like it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's beautiful too. Like they are a really pretty bird once when they're coming in and it's sunny and it's hitting them and they're all white like that, just hovering over your head. And you can see them all looking around, like looking for the safe spot to land and trying to check for anything. And they have no clue you're there. It's just, it's freaking unreal. Hell yeah, man. Got got my It's challenging. There's no doubt about that. We set up a lot of decoys every day, but it pays off. It does. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Well, man, thanks for giving us your time. I know it's got uh, my mind literally spinning kind of trying, <laughs> just trying to wrap my head around it and it, it just sounds fun you know oh, there's a, a different it, aspect too. yeah i can't wait for for everybody to come out in person are you Trevor? you got a different group this time yeah yep i got a whole different crew <laughs> oh, so it's a wild them. crew at that <laughs> yeah we, we got, got a really all, good crew. all snow goose virgins oh yeah yeah actually i think that they uh yeah uh yeah because i think they all said bucket list yeah they all said bucket list they haven't been on it so yeah yes oh yeah that's awesome so it'll be a good time yep well real quick where can everybody find you where can they get some of this information and uh if they get a little bit lined up and excited for next year how can they add me on facebook ryan muller r-y-a-n-m-u-l-l-e-r i'll add you on i'll add anybody that's a hunter on my personal facebook and you guys can contact me through there and uh 
if you are interested in doing a snow goose hunt, I am fully booked up for this season for my spread, but my right-hand man, Nick, is still open. He's got two weekends left available and then some weekdays, but uh, he'll be end, he'll end up being booked up in probably two weeks for weekends, and uh, he probably won't fill up completely on week on weekdays because it's tough for everybody. It's a, for people that travel and getting groups together. It's hard for people to get weekdays off. I know how that is. So, but yeah, we uh, I'll book you up for 2022, and it'll be a fun time. That's for sure. Is there a page or something that they can follow along all your pictures and stuff? Um, foul exposure or my personal page, really. I post almost everything to my personal page anymore. I don't even use my Instagram. I'm too, <laughs> I'm, I don't really care about posting pictures anymore. I'm more about it for the experience, man. I hear I like that. to hear that. There's nothing. I'm not, into, I'm not into that. I try to. I try to actually post less pictures and stuff to Facebook anymore because like it just invites drama. And uh, I try to like, I try to stay above that. Like I don't like the, the competition of people like fighting over fields and stuff. And that's so ridiculous. Like just everybody go out and hunt and have fun, you know, and a lot of people it's a jealousy thing. So I really don't like to even post pictures anymore because of that. Oh yeah. Well, it makes perfect sense, especially in this modern age. Yep. But if you want to see it, you got to come live it. (laughs) I I think that right there is your best marketing catch yet. Oh yeah. I I can, you'll, I can send you videos of snow goose shit that it's just crazy. We had a video. (laughs) uh, Do you remember send them to Jesus, Trev? Did you see that? No, I don't think I did. No. Oh my gosh. I had a video. Uh, from Arkansas where we had like a 30 bird rain out. And when I called the shot, I yelled, send them to Jesus. And it went viral. Got like 80 to 90,000 views. It was freaking funnier than hell. That's awesome. Yep. Well, again, Ryan, thanks for giving us your time today. It's been a fun chat and uh, hope everybody's minds reeling about like mine is right now, getting to think about these different aspects of waterfowl that not everyone really takes into account. There's more to it than just your ducks and Canadians, because that's more yep. or less what people think. So, yep. yeah, I think it's it's a I good didn't chance. Go detail about all the how freaking t- much d- d- more difficult they are to hunt. It's it's crazy, but definitely different. Well, that's the fun part about it. I take so um, hope everybody out there gives it a try at some point i know it's a bucket list for a lot of the guys over here and for everybody listening thanks for taking the ride right here on the outdoor drive 